You're listening to KC Forum with Kathy Quinn. Public affairs with an entertaining spin. Hey, everybody. Welcome to number 15 of the podcast. I love it. Thank you so much for tuning in and, and listening to what's going on. It's KC Forum, all sorts of things going on in the Kansas City area. You know, some positive, some not so positive. So we're going to go through those for you today. A restart. Happy news. $4.5 million into the Kansas City area, and that will help uh, people with their rent and utilities. So we'll be talking to Miss Stephanie Boyer from Restart and find out how many families she may be able to help with that. And they've, And if you hear in the background, my dog, that's Paquita. Paquita, you want to say hi? No, you don't want to say hi now. That <laughs> Anyway, Paquita comes down here and she's my engineer as uh, we produce these podcasts. And then finally, we're going to find out all about your energy bills, right? Yes. So those energy bills because of the bad weather we've been having. What can people expect? All right. You know, Texas, they're not regulated and they're going to get big, huge bills. We'll find out here in the um, Midwest what will happen. So first up, Captain Jackson, Kansas, Missouri Police Department to talk about something that's going on around the Kansas City area right now, you've got drugs laced with fentanyl and people are dying. But it bothered me because my son um, and, you know, their their gang of friends, about a week ago, he talked about this, not a guy that he knew real well, but somebody that he knew died because of this, that his, okay. friend, his friend gave him a bunch of pills. So when I saw this, I said, oh my God, it's something going around. So kind of explain yeah. what the issue is right now. Yeah, exactly. So um, kind of, and, and I, I had a personal connection to this as well. Um, we have a family friend and they're about 13 and, and I, I, I should say um, one of the boys uh, passed out at their middle school and had to be resuscitated with the um, uh, defibrillators. And uh, I thought that was pretty unusual. I, I don't really know the details of it. My daughter just mentioned it to me. Uh, about a week ago, and then this came up in in a crime meeting, the narcotics detectives were talking about this going around and that there have been deaths around the metro. Um, I think that the kind of Oxycontin and um, Xanax were the two that um, that were mentioned that had been laced with uh, fentanyl and that there have been deaths associated with it. And, and like I said, you know, I have teenagers. I know um, other people, I, I, obviously there's kids everywhere and kids do things that are just, just crazy to us, uh, but we did them too. We all, you know, when, when we start seeing a rash of kids dying, we want to do something about it. And about the only thing that we can do right now is to get this message out and to remind parents, um, uh, be vigilant with this kind of stuff. And uh, it's, it's not just a phase. It's not just a thing. Uh, uh, this is, this is being deadly right now. How bad is it spreading and where is it in the city right now? You know, uh, I know that we've had cases in the, the two places that I know of are Johnson County and Clay County. Um, but I know north of the river is being hit with it right now. Is it a bad, uh, explain it to me, is it a bad, like, um, a bad group of drugs that's come in? I mean, how? You know, we don't know yet. Um, what we do know, uh, historically, on on these drug things, um, they are diluted with some type of cheaper 
substance, right? Uh, whether that be sugar or, or powdered sugar, drywall sometimes, whatever that they dilute this with, obviously to extend the supply and, and make more money. So uh, right now, what they have found to be cheap is this fentanyl. And um, I, I really don't know that much about it, but I do know that it is deadly. And this is not the first go around that we've had of this. And um, when, it, when it does kind of pop up, a lot of people die before, um, before we see it and, and before we uh, find out what's going on. Kind of like I said, it is just kind of logistically difficult for us when one thing maybe happens. I, I don't want to, but one in Clay County, one in Johnson County, one maybe in Cass County, one in, it, 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 takes, a, it takes a little while to start piecing these together from a, from a purposeful overdose to an accidental overdose to a poisoning to I, I, I do think that there are a lot of people that just don't know their kids are taking this kind of stuff and um, it, it can't be just a parent problem. Uh, I think we just we're, what we're trying to do is raise awareness for this. Okay so how do I talk to my kid? How do I talk to a teenager? How do I do I do I want to say oh my kid's not going to do this. You don't know if they're doing it but you how do you get around that you've had you've got teenagers right so uh, yes I think I think that what you're saying is exactly right I don't know the right answer I, I, but I will tell you uh, I rarely take my work home with me I very I like mm -hmm. somewhere between work and driving home whatever happened is kind of by this stood out to me and we were at dinner we happened to be at dinner that night and I told my daughter hey this is happening. What do you, and I, I'm not saying um, that I have the best approach or anything, but I just asked her. And, and, and I think that maybe starting that conversation, you know, just kind of anecdotally, I asked her the other day, I had said, Hey, can, can I borrow a pen? I needed a pen. I was down in her bedroom. I, hey, I needed a pen. And she said, yeah, there's one in my backpack. And, and as I've been talking about this the last couple of days, I thought, what if I would have opened up her backpack and seen a pill in there? I don't know uh, necessarily, but I guess what I'm saying is, gosh, even a bad response to this is better than no response, right? Yeah. Um, e even not handling it well, uh, which I've been accused of doing in the past, uh, even not than doing nothing or ignoring it. Okay, so at this point, what, what's going on? It's kind of an ongoing, you're trying to find out where the source is that, I mean, the, you know, the detective. That's exactly are. right. Okay. So each one, yeah, I think that uh, an important step has happened, uh, which is identifying a problem. We, we see that this is going around the metro. It's not necessarily Kansas City, Missouri, um, but we, we do know, I, somebody told me at the press, like, I think KCK had three or four um, cases. I don't necessarily know about those, that they're not our cases necessarily, but I think that we have put together that this is in the area. They get sold, obviously, they go off in, in all kinds of directions from there. Um, um, but it, it is out there, and um, uh, we want you to be vigilant. You know, one thing I'd mentioned, Kathy, is um, I think that with violent crime in our city, one of the frustrating things from a law enforcement standpoint is that as these violent crimes happen, I think that um, 
it doesn't hit home with everybody in the city. They go, well, this isn't happening to me. This isn't happening in my neighborhood. Uh, uh, and mm -hmm. it, it kind of gets into that NIMBY type thing. Well, this isn't happening in my backyard, right? Not in my backyard. So this really isn't affecting me. It, it does affect us. And um, the, the getting away from the violent crime part of it, just to make a connection, this is happening in every neighborhood in, in the metro. Uh, like I said, from Johnson to Clay County. Is there an age group? Teenagers right now, we were looking uh, between middle and high school. That's just heartbreaking. That is so it's, heartbreaking. You know, I, I think that the dumb things I did when I was a kid, um, I, I think that the worst things that my parents worried about was a car crash, uh, I think. I, but um, th this, and I, I, in the same conversation, kind of anecdotally speaking, I mentioned to the detective when I was talking to him about this issue, I said, you know, uh, a couple of the kids are vaping. You had a couple of my my kids' friends are vaping, and he kind of rolled his eyes, put then threw his hands up in the air, and said, "Oh my gosh, don't even get me started on that." And uh, of all of the stuff that that's being found in the vaping stuff, so uh, these kids are exposed to way um, way more dangerous things than than we were. I think so too. So if, if I, if I happen to it, not happen to know, but who do you call? Like if you wonder, Hey, I think these kids may be involved or, I mean, who, who do you call? Do you call you? Do you call detectives? Nine one one? What do you do? Yeah, I think that that's, a, that's a tough question. I wish I, I, I wish I could just hand out a phone number right now. I'm not <laughs> right. really prepared to do that. Um, but I, I, I definitely think, um, uh, in addition to uh, kind of that, that is looking for some counseling, looking for the, the rehab type centers, looking for um, those services that are out there. And, and you could probably, you would do a better job of getting that out than I would. But what are those services that are out there um, uh, for people to, to, to stop this? I, I, it is, it's so unnecessarily dangerous and we could do something about it. Uh, we just have to do something about it. Thank you so very much, Captain Jackson. We've got more after this. Stay with us. Hang on, there's more on the way with Kathy Quinn and Casey Forum. Kansas City will receive $4.5 million to help those who are home insecure. And Restart is one of the agencies who has been chosen to help distribute these dollars. Here is Stephanie Boyer to explain how her agency was chosen. Um, so the city reached out to um, folks that, you know, have generally helped to assist um, in administering rental assistance dollars who have a history of sort of doing that and, uh, you know, asked if we had interest in doing it, um, what we thought we could, you know, what we thought we could administer, what we would need. Um, and then we were asked to put together, you know, a scope of work and a budget um, for that. So, um, so we of course said, absolutely, that's our favorite work to do. 
um, is prevention and making sure that we uh, keep people housed and keep them from falling into this uh, very disruptive system of homelessness. Um, so, um, so we submitted everything and were chosen as an agency to uh, help administer these amazing dollars to people all across Kansas City. So we're really excited. Can you, ex can you tell how much before the announcement or not? Yeah, so um, we were, um, we'll be administering $500,000 um, of rental assistance. Um, so um, I, there, you know, could, could be an ability if we spend all that down to go back and ask for more. Um, so um, there's quite a bit of money that the city was, um, was, was given um, to, to do this, to do this work. So, um, so they'll, distribute out to people and then, you know, kind of see how spending goes and um, there could potentially be some, you know, um, additional dollars that may be able to, if we, if we go through it <laughs> quickly, which honestly, I really anticipate that we probably will. I mean, we helped administer some um, county rental assistance dollars in December, right before the end of the year. And we administered fifty-five thousand dollars in nine days to thirty-two households. Um, so, yeah. So I, you know, it's it's just going to be a very interesting time to really see um, as this money comes in, you know, what it what it really looks like. We know there are a lot of folks struggling, you know, um, just and worried about losing their housing potentially. Um, you know, and have been impacted in a lot of ways. So we just want to make sure that anybody that's concerned about their housing, they need to call um, and talk with us um, or send us an email. Um, because even if they don't qualify for this, we want to be able to help people figure out what they might qualify for or how to help because um, it's really important. We got to prevent people from, um, you know, experiencing homelessness. That's, we don't want that for anyone. So, when we visited you last, things were rough. I mean, obviously it's been rough for everybody. This has got to be a breath of fresh air. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it is like the calls, you know, for assistance, you know, I mean, we used to get five calls a day for assistance for people that were worried about losing their housing you know, during the pandemic that went to 25 calls a day and we couldn't, we didn't have anything to offer those folks. Um, you know, our calls for shelter tripled over the course of the pandemic. I mean, we've had to, we just have had to turn so many people away and not be able to do everything that we could. And so this is amazing. You know, uh, it was amazing in December for our team at the, to end the year with like, it felt so good to be able to say, yes, we were able to keep 32 households housed in nine, you know, stably housed in, in nine days, you know, so especially approaching the holiday and end of year and everything else. And so, um, so it's just, it's really just amazing. Um, we're so grateful, you know, for this opportunity and for this money to flow into Kansas City um because you know that we we don't have enough resources in the homeless service system to be able to you know bring all those people into shelter or to try to get all of those folks rehoused um and it's so much more expensive to do that um you know it costs us forty thousand dollars a year to uh keep someone in emergency shelter um we saw in december that 
the average was $1,700 was all it took to keep a household um, housed. You know, across the community, I think the average has been about $2,500. So the it's just going to be able to help so many different people. Um, so, yeah. It, uh, Stephanie, is that $1,700 a month? No, like $1,700, like that's just where they were. Like they were in, you know, had rental arrears of, you know, like $1,700 or, you know, whatever their situation might have been. Um, and that, that was all they needed to be able to catch things up, prevent an eviction and keep moving forward. So, Perfect. yeah. Perfect. So Yay. it'll be interesting to see what, you know, we don't know what to expect now. Uh, several more months have gone by you know for a lot of households we turned away 85 other households that called in december once we ran out of that money um so you know we'll see but the exciting thing is is there's going to be uh there's a lot of money coming um which is great so um property owners that have people that are struggling encourage them to reach out um anyone that's just worried at all for any reason that they might lose their housing they need to call. Okay, and finally, what's the number? What's the, because there are several numbers you have on your website. Yep, so there's a specific number for this. Um, so for those folks, they wanna call 816-886-9153, or they can email rentalassistance at restartinc.org. Hang on, there's more on the way with Kathy Quinn and Casey Forum. Okay, so I think people are gonna be concerned about their bills. Kind of explain what's gonna happen. Sure, so right now, here, let me back. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, so, uh, so Kansas and Missouri have regulated electricity rates, which means that Evergy customers won't see a change in their electricity prices uh, as a result of the cold snap that's reflected on March bills. Now, customers can expect to see some fluctuation in March bills just based on the fact that it was really cold and usage may have been uh, up related to that. Uh, and so that, that's the first thing is to just uh, the seasonal fluctuation of electricity bills is something that most of us in Kansas and Missouri are accustomed to. Uh, we have an average payment program that is available for customers who would like to have a more regular bill, maybe make it a little more budget friendly and predictable. Uh, so, so that's the first, um, first item. Now, there are costs related to the cold uh, snap that we had and the emergency outages with the SPP, or let me, let me restate that because it, it's not really related, it's related to the event, but not related to the SPP. Um, so there are costs um, related to some of the market activity. Folks are hearing about natural gas prices being really high during that cold snap. Uh, that eventually will flow through to customers' bills, uh, but regulators in both states have mechanisms in place and are working with Evergy and other utilities to make sure that that's smoothed out for customers so that the effect is not dramatic. Uh, so our fuel costs do re are reflected on customers' bills. 
and those are averaged out over time to help smooth the effect on customers. Uh, and we can also further work with regulators to even maybe stretch out the time that those costs would be flowed through. What, um, hang on, so what, when, um, how much of a fluctuation should I expect? Sure. So, you know, what, what you can expect between your February and March bill uh, is going to be kind of predictable based on any other time we see weather fluctuations. Uh, so probably the easiest thing to do would be to log into your Evergy account and take a look at your usage. And you can actually, and instead of wondering, you, you can go in and look and see how much uh, energy you used in February compared to the compared to January. Um, it's, it's going to be really part of a normal seasonal fluctuation as far as how much your bill would change. Uh, again, your electricity prices or your electricity rates haven't changed related to the, the cold weather uh, and the emergency outages. So people don't need to freak out. So Texas is a very different market. They are, they are regulated differently. Um, and so customers are directly feeling the what happened in the wholesale markets uh, in Texas. That's where you're hearing some of those stories about people getting really large bills. Mm -hmm. uh, Kansas and Missouri, our regulation helps insulate customers from things like that. Thank you so much. That's the latest from Evergy. And that's it for us. I'm Kathy Quinn. Thank you to Katie Connors, our executive producer, associate producer, Andrina Byrne, the elders allowing us to use their music. It's uh, eldersmusic.com if you want to find out more about them. And actually, they're recording their new CD, so uh, they'll be get, coming out with that soon, hopefully. And then finally, thank you to fox4kc.com because they allow us to uh, do this podcast. And then also, we'd like to thank... KQKC Broadcasting Music and Educational Foundation. And as always, we end with the song. This is from Key and Burn. It is Sing That Song. Until next time. Yeah, number 15 in the can. Yeah. See ya. Hey, they're playing our song. Take a Sing that song that we sing together. Sing that song. Sing that song that we sing together. Sing that song. by your side I can take you take you for a ride we can leave now there's no use turning back look where you're at think of what you song we see.
Together.